Welcome to Windsor Watch with me, Sarah Southern. And this week I'm again joined by Elliot Granger. Hello. And James Clothier. Hi. Are we all well? We're doing well, thank you, yes. Now, I think we were woken to very good news this morning. It's exciting news. Very Very exciting exciting news. As the uh, 10th great-grandchild of Her Majesty was born on Sunday. Everyone loves a new baby. Everybody loves a new baby. And especially Mike Tyndall and Zara Tyndall, who welcomed a little baby boy on Sunday. And I was sad to put it as their third. Third baby. Yes, they've got two girls. Mm -hmm. Ah. Yeah. And she's had miscarriages, so this is extra joyous. It is extra joyous, because she's had, I think, two miscarriages. Yeah, two, yeah. Uh, but the baby was born at home on the bathroom floor. How exciting. Oh, goodness. Mm. I think that did, was... Did, did, I'm not did, sure did, if did exciting you, is the right term. Know, yeah. did, 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 did you read the details about what happened? Well, I actually went on to the good, the bad and the ugly. No, the good, the bad and the rugby podcast. Oh, you, you really researched which, it. Oh, yeah, because yeah, right. this is what I love about Mike Tyndall, is that... He's such a bloke. He's such a bloke. So he has this excellent rugby podcast, which occasionally he sprinkles information about his family into. Yeah. And they announce the uh, pregnancy via the good, the bad and the rugby right. podcast. And on today's episode, which was released this morning, right. uh, they also announced that the baby had arrived. Ah. So much better than an official announcement from Buckingham Palace. Yeah. It means that people have got to do their research. Uh, but he basically said that uh, he'd watched the rugby on Sunday, or Saturday rather, and it'd been all lovely. And then on Sunday, a new little baby arrived. Oh, brilliant for them. Also, a very interesting way of doing their media handling as opposed to some other members of the Royal family we've been talking about recently. <laughs> so leave that one there. But, <laughs> but you know what, what I like with the whole, the whole like, the jokey way he did it, as in, oh no, the baby's coming, there isn't time to go to the hospital. Quick, I'll go and get a yoga mat from our gym room. You go to the bathroom, lay it down, bish, bash, bosh, baby's come. I shouted, brace! And then it comes out, <laughs> and then he said, t- it's a nice thing about having skin on skin contact. But then he took it straight to the sofa, watched the rugby while uh, <laughs> Zed plods around, sorting this about her mate Dolly. Was there, I think. Who is actually, uh, yeah. Is she a midwife? I don't think she's a midwife, but it said that she was a midwife practitioner. Right. So I don't know whether that means, I don't know what that means. We could talk at length about the royal family, but it comes to the medical practices. Yeah, (laughs) Her friend Dolly has been there for all three births of the baby, so I'm assuming she is a midwife. (laughs) And where does this place the new Tyndall in the line of 22nd? 22nd, yeah. So quite dimmer distant. The fifth grandchild of the Princess Royal, the tenth great grandchild of Her Majesty the Queen. And twenty second in line to the throne, and the baby has been called Lucas Philip Tyndall, and Princess oh, Anne's nice first name. grandson. Yes, that's right. That because is because obviously right. that matters. And the princess matters rules little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's winning on the grandchildren stakes at the moment until you know the new. What do you mean? <laughs> it's quite, ex- it's quite exciting because this is a year of a lot of babies because in February we had August Brooks Banks be born, who's the, the child of, oh yeah, with the middle name Hawk, mm. who's the child of Princess Eugenie and her husband Jack. And now we've had this little baby be born and then in a few months' time we'll get a new baby Sussex. It's almost like there's a slew of cousins in that family who are all the same age all and all the same. Know, so weird. Oh, golly. <laughs> yeah. I know, but how lovely that they're all be is, friends with each other. It is really lovely and also that cousins to cousins and, and you know. That, that really matters between families, especially families like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Great how Meghan and Harry's baby's born. That won't be on a yoga mat, will it? Well, I, I don't think they plan for it to be born well, on no, a yoga true. mat. But also you don't know with Californian hospitals, it could well be a yoga mat. Oh, God, it could. 
<laughs> well, anyway, look, how they choose to have their baby. How they, they choose can't to escape the conversation. Yes. Talk yeah. about them somehow. But yes. there's been good news in the Tyndall household. Yes, congratulations. Yes. It's all very nice. But there's good. also been good news in the Sussex household this week oh. because Prince Harry has got a job. Oh, it's about bloody time. <laughs> it's only taken him till he's 36, 37 to get one. Oh, but I bravo. Was, I was all prepared to be furious about this whole thing. A, because it was in the newspapers and it just wound, wound me up. Right. A, because you read the job title and for a Brit it sounds like a nefarious not Chief job. Impact Officer is ridiculous. We'll come, but then, but then I just thought... it means something in California. Well, maybe it? in California yeah. it means something. I think Americans are much more open to those sort of things. But also mm. Chief sounds like, you know, C-suite to us is... Chief yeah. sounds like he's got some qualifications and as we know, well, he does. That's officer the other reason I was military, to be which is impressive. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this is the true. thing. So I was going to, you know, he barely passed school, but mm. he did do Santa's. He has been in the military. He has commanded people. He has set up all sorts of charities. Mm. If impact is about their social impact, then actually he's probably quite a good fit. And quite frankly, at the age of 36, it is about time he had a job. I'm quite mm. excited by this job because it's an online coaching platform. Ah, so right up your street. Right up my strata because... I am myself a coach. It'd be you... funny if Harry became a coach driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, you carry on with your coaching. It's amazing yeah. the way your brain works. Well, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, quite, James, but I don't think that is what's going to be happening, James. I think he's... Oh God, that's really sent me off on one there. Jeez. He is working for an organisation that provides coaching to people, so whether that be career or life coaching, mm. via an online platform. Mm. And in kind of a, a weird, kind of uh, serendipitous way, this week for my course that I've been doing, I've been writing an essay about the future of coaching online. Mm. And then Prince Harry gets a job there. I'm like, oh, wonderful. Because we were having a long conversation <laughs> yeah. about um, AI and yeah. coaching. And how yeah. like virtual reality could be so, used in coaching. So he is he is he going to do any coaching? No. no. So he's just going to... It's all about impact. I so he's going to just tell people, look at this. No, firm. I would imagine what the reality is. This firm, it's mm. a startup in California. It's mates of mates, isn't it? It's mates of mates, but also they'll be seeking seed money, etc. They'll roll him out for lunch. This is a right. whole huge growth area. And the fact that lots of organisations are setting up these um, online portals. It's a unicorn. It probably, well, would it be a unicorn? No, because a unicorn's got to hit like a billion pounds in a very short space of time. Everybody wants a unicorn. A billion pounds is good. Who doesn't want a billion pounds? (laughs) I mean, he's a prince and he's he's now got a unicorn. Yeah, all right. He's living his best fairy tale life. life. Exactly, yeah. So, right, okay. I'm pleased for Prince Harry. I think it's a really good thing. Of course, he's going to be mocked left, right, and centre. I happened to be watching Lorraine on uh, ITV this morning and she was basically mocking him saying yeah, what we, does this job mean it means nothing we but do at least that. he has yeah, a no, job exactly. but we do that here we mock job titles where they actually mean a lot more in the states and they have sort of they have a very different way of thinking about the structure of businesses where we're, we're very formulaic mm-hmm. so you know you have a chief finance officer and a chief information officer and mm. that's about it but then in America they are quite fluid with the way they, they talk about these things and they are more interested in the impact of things and the, the social impact, especially in the in California well, and that sort of thing. So maybe that's what it is. What it's doing. I mean, but it, it, isn't, it isn't very clear. No, it's, it's not very clear. Right. That's because we don't really know about the business of impact officers. No, and where I was, where I was going as well is the fact that they had to come out and say it is a meaningful and meaty role. Instinctively makes me think, is it? Is it? It's probably not. <laughs> I mean, the, the one if you want to be angry about it, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no point. No, no. I mean, you can laugh at chief. I'm like the rain. Laugh. You, at you it. can laugh at it, but I think it did slightly trouble me that he said. I'm not going to trade off my royal titles. No, 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 that's not... I'm not going to get a job because of... I want to get a job because of who I am rather than my lineage. Then he shouldn't have tried to get a job in America where it's all about who you are rather than 
Well, even on the on the the website for this firm, whatever it's called, it's the Better Up. Better Up. It's the Duke of Harry, Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, is now doing this. Just say Harry Wales has got it. I mean, he's he's obviously trading on Mountbatten Windsor. Mountbatten Windsor, is it? Yeah. yeah. Is he Harry Mountbatten Windsor? Yeah. yeah. Because that's his well, name. Well, why was he Wales in the army then? Because that's also his name. When uh, Prince William, <laughs> when Prince yeah. William sued the French magazine, right. The name that was used on the legal documents mm-hmm. was William Mountbatten Windsor. So the surname that they all adopt is Mountbatten Windsor. That was what Princess Anne wrote on her marriage certificate uh, back in the late 70s. Um, so that is their surname. She's a fountain knowledge. Wales is used Hold as a surname right. by them when they were at school. Because they are the house Mountbatten Windsor. In the Windsor, same way yeah. Princess Eugenie and uh, Princess Beatrice used York when they were at school, but all of their surnames are Mountbatten Windsor. Are Mountbatten Windsor. I was just looking at the birth certificate of Harry. No, the wedding. Remember the wedding certificate of Harry and Meghan came out this week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so name and surname H R H Prince Henry of Wales because he is Prince Henry of Wales. Yeah. But he's he's Henry Mountbatten Windsor. Also, we could talk about the Henry Harry thing because I know that got you confused. At the did, very did you not know? Can I just ask you this, James? Did you not know that Prince Harry was called Henry? Well, it, in the recesses of my brain, I'm sure it was there, and I knew similarly that Rachel, that Meghan Markle's actually called Rachel Markle, and in but suits, I forgot her character was called, called Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Staggering irony, mm-hmm. but the bit that really buzzed my brain out of sync <laughs> was the fact that the Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, calls himself Justin Cantuar because it's an abbreviation of his Latin name. Which is Cantuariensis or something. Yes. So that's, what, that's quite common. You just you need, just to, know more, you need to know more bishops. <laughs> <laughs> My ecclesiastical knowledge is lacking. So what would the Archbishop of London be called then? Well, it probably still ended up being London because Londonium and Dave London. Dave London or something. What, yeah. Sarah, Sarah London? Sarah London. She's called Sarah London. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know. The bishop up near us was Simon Coventry. I don't think it's still Simon. I think he's moved on since I was... Confirmed by him at the age of thirteen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, in the past two decades, yeah. stuff around has happened. That yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those. Yes. So we, right. so we learned really this week that Prince well, Harry is also called. Yeah. Henry. There's actually a link in that as well because in the way that he is now uh, just in Canterbury, for want of a better term, it's the same reason that the boys are um, William and Henry Wales because they're the title of their father, etc., or the title uh, of their role. So, so it's the difference between the personal and the professional yeah. name. Is the is the easiest way to think about it, right? But then it, you know, once you move away and you do your own thing and you move to California, you need a proper name, and that's Mountbatten Windsor. But they're not going to use that. They're still going to be the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Exactly. Well, because they are the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So on his social security numbers in America, he'll be Henry Mountbatten Windsor. It'll be interesting to see how the Americans cope with that because I don't think there's many Americans who have. Two. Well, the, to, to be honest, if if someone if someone said to you, "All right, it's uh, Mr. Mountbatten Windsor for you," you wouldn't <clears> necessarily. Well, you would obviously, but most people would think, "Who?" Well, because it, you know, Mr. Mountbatten Windsor is below Duke of Sussex in terms of the hierarchy. It's of not names. unusual yes, for the royal family to have multiple all names, or for dukes and duchesses more broadly. You think King Edward? So what's Prince Charles's name then? Charles. Yes, his name is actually. But if Charles. you think his uncle mm. was referred to as David by the family, but we would have called him King Edward until he abdicated. But do you not remember a couple of years ago there was also this long conversation about will Charles be called Charles because in this yeah, country yes, we don't have so a true. good history of King Charles. That's right, they all keep getting their heads locked off. I King. think he'll be King Charles. Do you think? Yeah, like I do. Spaniel? <laughs> I don't think he will be. I think, I think he'll choose something much more exciting. Like, no, I think he'll be, like it'll be King Spaniel. Charles, Queen Camilla. Yeah. Queen Camilla? Yeah. Of course it's, yeah. I can't yeah. see why it would be anything else. I think people would find it weird to suddenly no, change by the different name. We've known him yeah. too long. I mean, that's true. He's been Charles for so long. 72 years. That's how long he's been Charles. I know, but it, 
<laughs> Other kings are made kings earlier. So, so was Queen Elizabeth point. actually called something else then? No, our no. Queen Elizabeth is Queen Elizabeth. She doesn't right. have another name. Okay, it's not but, saying but, it always happens. It does. It's not happen. every time. But there are like it's so pedantic. What about Henry, Harry, Prince Henry VIII, King Henry VIII? Was he called? Oh, I can't. T- Do you know what? All right, fine. Well, well, Tudor knowledge was very yeah, no, basic as a, as a ten. Just, that's the thing around because I'm going to get all that wrong. Do you know what, guys? There's, there's I think, we I think we're getting Google. a bit too obsessed with something <laughs> yeah. that matters little. No, is ultimately, Henry or Harry? James learned this week I learned this that week Prince Harry, Harry is called Henry. He's not called Prince Harry. We learned the Prince I Harry. I don't think you're necessarily the right person for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the basic level of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, we might have yeah. to re-audition you, James, <laughs> on your uh, on. knowledge. But no, it is exciting that Prince Harry has been given this job um, in California. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out and the impact that he does have as chief impact officer. It'll also be interesting to see what job Meghan Markle has. Or Actress. Well, Lighting I would director, be in, I think it, well, that's what our, well, that's what her father has. You're reading that's a her certificate father. wrong. Thing, Honestly, sorry. when did you become so stupid? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> now, now, baby. <laughs> but the, um, obviously she's having a baby shortly, so I can't imagine she'll be going into a role immediately because she'll be on maternity leave. But apparently there is a little bit of a rumour going around in Democrat circles that she's wanting to have an interest in running for office. That would excite me. I think that would be nice. You two don't seem as convinced. Well, I, America, <laughs> I don't, again, this, this is obviously the podcast where we talk about things we don't really know anything about. American politics is another one of those things. But I know, but I know the way candidates are picked over those very different to the way we would do very it different. here. And obviously, you know, recently it seems to be that unless you're worth multi-millions, it's impossible to break into... So they maybe I mean, but I thought she, in my head I always think she's Canadian, but clearly she's an, no, no. She lived in Canada. She lived in Canada while filming. That's suits. right, because she's an American and she married a royal. She and that grew up works. in California. Uh, well, she's from well, Los Angeles. Democrat in California. That f- seems to feel it's, like it makes sense in my head, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 I mean, that is honestly the extent of our conversation about politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, again, different guests needed okay. for that. It's, That's a, it's, it's a nice idea. I, I mean, I can't, I don't know. Is would, I, I, would people in Iowa vote for her or Kansas or... I don't think she'd be standing at a national level. Oh, I see. I think she might stand as a state senator or... It gives her something to do. And she does give her something gives her to do. a platform because she didn't have one of those before. She does need a platform. You two don't like this woman, she, do she's you? An, um, yeah. She well, had a platform that she could have done a lot with and she threw it away. Now she wants another <laughs> platform that she's, what, going to represent the people of California in a better way than she represented the people of Britain? I'm not convinced. They do like celebrities in California. They, oh, they, oh, they're, oh, they're, Arnold they do like celebrities and we're not so keen. No, exactly. They like a celebrity politician. Reagan. Yeah, I was going to say Ronald Reagan. Oh, California yeah. then. California. Okay. See, yeah, why not? They we need people to know about Ronald California. Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger, both... Um, Politicians. Republicans. So it's rare for Republicans to win in California. Ah. Anyway, fun fact for you. Great, it seems yeah, I know a lot it's more a... about American politics than well, you do. Well, you've been campaigning over there. I'm glad about I that. I have. I have worked in America <laughs> on, on a campaign. So, yeah, my knowledge should be a little bit stronger. But seeing as we're saying that uh, Meghan might be representing the American I think that would be really interesting to watch. Really interesting. Oh, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. But yesterday... Would she be prepared for the level of scrutiny that's involved in being <laughs> an American politician? Yeah. One thinks not. Probably not. Well, yesterday we saw our own royal family uh, representing the nation uh, in a big way, as yesterday marked 12 months since the Prime Minister put us into a national lockdown. So it was a day of reflection here in the United Kingdom. And it was still in one. Well, I know. It's like Blum and Groundhog Day every bloody day. 
Uh, but <laughs> there were certain things that happened yesterday that I thought were quite nice. Um, the Queen sent uh, a bouquet of flowers to St. Bart's Hospital to thank the nurses who'd looked oh, after that's really Prince nice. Philip. So I thought yeah. that was very pleasant. Did you do the morning, the minute silence? To be honest, I didn't know a minute silence was happening, but seeing as I was here on my own, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was silent by accident. Right. Uh, but yes, I, I did find out later there had been a minute silence. Oh, because all of my social media was full of people standing on their doorstep in the evening. No, it's too late that. But 8pm there was then a candle thing. Yeah, I didn't Wasn't that, that when we used to do the clap for carers at 8pm? No. No, that was at 7. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was much earlier. And also, the clap for carers started after the clocks changed. So therefore... You went out and it was still daylight and... But you can't really light a candle in the daylight. So I imagine eight o'clock was done. So when you light a candle on your doorstep, you know... Did anyone, did you see anyone lighting a candle? No, we were, dri- we were driving we were driving at the time. You know, no. following these lockdown rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, we were <laughs> For work, just officially, that was for work. <laughs> no, no, work volunteering right. for your fine. bubble. It's you fine. were driving. <laughs> <laughs> you were breaking the law at the time, so you couldn't light a candle. Whoops. But I thought yes. that was a very we can edit this generous thing. No, no, if you get caught, you, you get caught. It was a very generous thing for the Queen to have done. That was very good. And I think very spells. poignant given the fact that Philip's just been there recently for what turns out to be quite, quite substantial a surgery yeah. in quite a substantial period of time. I think it just, yeah, she's the classy way she does things. Yeah, very nice. And uh, a Marie Curie nurse, I think, accepted the flowers and Marie Curie led the Day of Remembrance yesterday. So there were um, various flowers and such like planted and uh, a memory of the many people who've lost their lives in the last 12 months. It'll be interesting to see how much the the sort of we do commemorate the pandemic because obviously we're still in it. So this is sort of it's very hard to see whether that date is going to be the date that we start to adopt as yeah exactly of, of, commemorate of, well also you, you can really only commemorate something I think once it's over mm. you can mm. you, you can't look back on something while it's still going on so Boris Johnson yesterday was saying oh we'll build a permanent memorial we think well okay but you can't put 126,000 names on a plaque that'd be a jolly big one but also there's the memorial but then to me it, it's different people dying of this because it's all very sad but it's all in some respects it's all very personal the, the people yeah. who need commemorating more nationally are probably the, the NHS nurses and staff who've died in the line of duty mm-hmm. which is much more the way the state normally commemorates things we commemorate the the event yes and it'll be interesting to see how, how the royal family play their role of which they started to do yesterday well, yes, yes and they definitely have a role in the commemoration won't they because Charles sent out a message as well I saw that on social yes, media yes he did he did and then the the Cambridges actually went out to a vaccination centre in public in the real world in the real mm. world uh, to Westminster Abbey where there is a vaccination centre I would love to get vaccinated at the Abbey that's a beautiful place to go <laughs> have someone jab a needle well, in your some scrubby little primary school I had my vaccination at a community centre around the corner and it was wonderful so I don't think people should be too obsessed with the location of their vaccine centre oh, well, just, just get the wait, vaccine just wait guys. to be invited yeah, just, just get invited. the vaccine guys mine was in a church oh very nice well, well so you're over 50 <laughs> So you had a scaled-down version of Westminster Abbey for your vaccination centre. Exactly, exactly. So you can appreciate what the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge saw when they went to Westminster Abbey yesterday. But I thought that was very nice, good way of kind of commemorating and um, acknowledging what is going on at the minute. It's obviously the main thrust is vaccinations. Yeah, it encourages people to do the vaccination, they speak to the vaccination stuff, and then they have that moment of... Pause and reflection, which is really lovely. Very nice, very nice. But it's great to see the royal family getting out and about. And in fact, we've even sent a couple of royals overseas. Oh, yeah, which is news that sort of crept up on us. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, the Prince of what? Wales and Camilla are in Greece. 
Yeah. They're in Greece. Yeah. It's the bicentennial of Greek independence, which the UK... has a bit of a flimsy excuse well, to we a sort of holiday. We, it's not a holiday. It's an official government-sanctioned visit. Work purposes, as I previously mentioned. <laughs> Travel for work purposes <laughs> is permitted. Are they, are, what are they doing? Are they just going there, There's a national commemoration, and we, they've gone as the representatives of the UK. Britain were quite instrumental in the independence of Greece. Also, sound very COVID Prince safe. Charles probably could qualify for a Greek passport, I would imagine, seeing as his father is lived well, in Greece. That's true. Yeah. So there is a bit of a claim. And also, his grandmother is buried in Greece. Well, I think oh, a, no, she's not. She's of... buried in Israel, sorry. So Camilla and Charles will be in Greece. I think they're flying there today. But it's only a very short visit, so we don't have to panic. Mm. And um, also, maybe it does pave the way for us to be able <coughs> to go there for our holidays. Quite right. Well, good for them. Without a £5,000 fine. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I want to go back because I um, just very to touch on sort of the classic Royal Telegraph um, Daily Mail point of obviously um, everyone had pictures today of um, the Duchess looking fabulous in mm. that sort of white. I don't know. Coat. I, I don't know. I can't again. It was a white coat. I mean, no, the, but the, it was beautiful. Just beautiful. I, yes, she looked, the, the, the pure simplicity of, of of them together just doing their thing their service and their duty I thought was really well <laughs> maybe I'm being cynical really well thought through and of course the classic yeah. Telegraph coverage of that on the front page is Isn't all lovely. what you need it is yeah. interesting to see the, the juxtaposition of how Harry and Meghan are being viewed by the British media at the minute and how the rest of the royal family is, but is it, it, I, mean, I think it's fair and I think it reflects what the, the British public think which is the frustration towards Harry and Meghan having you know, jump ship to California, whereas you see the Cambridges doing these visits, you see Charles and Camilla doing a a limited amount of visits, obviously because of their age and the risk of corona, but, you know, going over to Greece, the Queen doing all of these online visits. It's such a difference in the way that these sets of people are approaching COVID and how to respond to it. Yeah, and I think that's reflected in a little bit the polling that's been done as well, which has been quite interesting to watch and seeing the popularities wax away. And the big thing, obviously, is Harry's popularity has taken a hit and a nosedive. Uh, and the the Cambridges have tipped up slightly, but they've always been astonishingly high. So Ooh. it's actually... it's But it's interesting. So I think the media are reflecting public opinion, but also the media do have a slight gripe or skin in the game with this whole situation, don't they? They need to be portraying, <laughs> portraying a certain story. The, the, the men on Sunday, they've got to do their front page apology to Meghan. Either, I think it's the last Sunday of March or the first Sunday of April. So coming up. So coming up. And there's been protracted rows in the, in the courts about whether... the Because it's got to be a front page apology... And it's got I think we need to put a bit of context into this because not everybody might oh, right, understand sorry, yeah, this. So the, um, the Mail on Sunday published some of the letters that Meghan Markle had sent to her father after he didn't turn up to the yeah. wedding. Yeah. And Me- Thomas Markle, Meghan's father, had obviously given these letters, I would imagine for money, to the Mail on Sunday and they published them. Meghan then took the um, Mail on Sunday to the High Court and sued them, saying you shouldn't have published these letters. They were private. Yeah, and, and I thought the ruling was really interesting as well because the, the court distinguished between things that the public might find interesting versus things that are in the public interest, interest which yeah. I think is a really mm. good defining line on the privacy of people like the royals. Yes, because yeah. we are really interested, but do they have a right to have everything published just because it's interesting? Yeah, no, of course, exactly. And 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 Tom, what was going to be great about it was that Thomas Markle was going to fly over and appear in court to defend the man on Sunday and say, yeah, when she wrote them to me, I, I can't remember what it is. I'm sure their line was that these letters were obviously written to be published because they were in such a, they were written in such a strange way 
Did you read the letters? I, I didn't read the letters. I also don't believe that because she's famously really coy about trying to what? engage the media. No, no, well, I tell you what I do realise is like... no wonder Meghan Markle doesn't have a relationship with her family. Is they're gruesome. Who on earth would sell letters from their own daughter to a newspaper? Well, someone who wasn't invited to the wedding. Yeah, he exactly. was invited to the wedding. He chose not to turn up. <laughs> anyway, so that's the Mail on Sunday. Stir that part. So the Mail on Sunday have got to apologise in a sort of font no smaller than the ones. Why, why is it so? Why is it so prescriptive about what it must be? Because it, was it a front page article originally? Yeah, yeah it's all about prominence. So, oh, right, so, they, okay. so they basically got to write off an edition of the entire newspaper because the splash has got to be like, "We're sorry, Megan." <laughs> yeah, no, I think they will. I think it's I mean, they might, people it's, will it's buy the mail. Buy the mail. Uh, it's quite that's habit- habitual. They're quite lucky in that respect. I think this is perfect, and it's how it should be. In fact, if all newspapers could do front pages apologies, I would uh, relish it. Uh, but <laughs> well, no, if they've been found well. to do wrong. If they have been found to do wrong by a court. There needs to be reciprocity. Yeah, that's in some how respect. it should be. So I, I, I'm firmly on Team Megan for this one. But uh, yeah, again, it would have been interesting if Thomas Markle had come over and the first time that he met his son-in-law was outside uh, the High Court. <laughs> that would have been very bizarre. Yeah, it is strange, because they're not far from each other. Like, where he lives in Mexico to uh, Los Angeles like is far. Yeah. California's, I don't, again. Having never driven, been there. I've oh my God, Kraken Atlas. It's quite, it's, <laughs> it's quite big. It's big yeah, when you look at the Ameri- Ameri- Open when you, Google Earth. Yeah. yeah, but you look at America and Atlas, and it's huge. And you're just but like, why, I can't put perspective why, on how why hasn't, why hasn't the father seen them... No, I just don't think they have a relationship and I don't think they've had a relationship for some time. Just, you know, in the same way, sad. that sister, yeah. Samantha Markle, who's always banging on the TV about stuff, it would appear that her and Megal didn't grow up in the same house. No. Um, they have seen each other only a couple of times in the last 10, 15 years. So they, they, they're not, yes, they have the same genetic material, but I don't think they were grown up in a sibling way. It wasn't as though they were spending weekends together or, or that kind of thing. And there is quite an age difference. Do you think Megan might write a book? Mm, probably not. Oh, I didn't see her doing that. Because that'd be quite a good way of getting her truth out. I think, yeah, but I think she did that through that book, Finding Freedom, that Omid Scobie wrote. But that was written by someone else. Yes, yeah, but, but it's I very think. Informed. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, very. So I th- was that an, it's an official biography? Well, it, it says that he didn't have um, express permission, but then at another point he says that. He had spoken to them. Ooh, so, does that mean we ought to read it? No. no. Oh. <laughs> like, like people, she's got someone at People magazine, and there's someone at the Mail Online who's got a funky Again, name. Again, famously, she doesn't like quoting the media. Yes, but so there's one. I think it might even be a pseudonym. But there's there's a load of stuff on Mail Online that is direct from Megan, and it comes out every couple of weeks or something. Well, as we discussed so last week, well, you know, Gail King. If you're, King. Trying, to, if you're yeah. trying to get your, if you're trying to create an impact, Gail King. Sorry, Gail King. As we discussed last week, boys. Gail King seems to be the official spokesperson. She does. Mm. She's doing a very good job of it, while also yeah. trolling the monarchy. But also on a, act, act of on a TV show that has a huge viewership. You know, the morning show on um, the American. Do you read that thing about Sharon Osbourne? Oh, how she's got to maybe lose her job because she stood up for Piers Morgan. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. But she's demanded an eight-figure payout, which is gutsy. I think she'll probably get it. I mean, Sharon Osbourne, isn't it? She was, it's a whole she, different world. It is a whole different world. It is a whole different world. Uh, but I think it's nice. We've got some good news role-wise this week. You know, we've had a new baby. We're we've shifting into a new ch- royal normal. In a way. I feel as though we are. I think mm. once all the royals are vaccinated, we can get some lovely visits, some lovely pictures. I'll tell you what will happen. We'll go back to Charles, Camilla, William and Kate going doing really boring visits to hospitals, schools, health centres, not saying anything, looking lovely, 
and everyone will go, no, that's what sounds just that's what how we, we like it. Just that's how we like it. We don't like them saying things or doing anything particularly dangerous or provocative, just doing service. And looking good whilst doing it, if you, if you don't mind. Exceptionally good while they're doing it. Exactly. Anyway. Wonderful. Well, let's hope we've got uh, some beautiful visits to contemplate next week. Uh, but that's all from us at Windsor Watch this week. So do take care and we'll see you all next week. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.